Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Welcome to the 42 cast, the ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. We've got another exciting topic lined up this week. I will say that just before I got on the podcast, I did get a little bummed because I found out that Time After Time is canceled. And if you you haven't been watching Time After Time, you're probably like everyone else in the world because that's why it was canceled. But it was a, uh, it was kind of a fun show. It was, uh, based on the movie that was made back in 1979 about uh, Jack the Ripper escaping in H.G. Wells' time machine and uh, to our time, and or back in the 70s, it was the 70s, uh, and H.G. Wells having to come forward to stop him. And while I did question the idea of this as a continuing series, I did think the movie was a little too short, so the idea of expanding it at least to like a 13-episode season, I could see uh, having potential. But sadly, it, uh, it was not to be. So much like many of the time travel shows that debuted this week, that one's another one that's uh, going to go by the wayside. Still holding out a little bit of hope for Timeless, but it's probably going to get canceled too. So anyway, but that's not what we're talking about this week. So uh, I'm going to move on to uh, introducing our cast. Uh, first up is a guy that you haven't heard since uh, we talked about Gotham. And that is my friend from the Satellite of Love, Mr. Mike Nelson. How are you, Mike? I'm doing good. (laughs) When's Gotham coming back? (laughs) April 24th. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, So uh, anything uh, new and exciting happened since December, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wow. Um, No. I guess guess not. Oh, that's that's, that's not good. That's like four I, months. I, I I live my life like I like my ice cream. Vanilla. No variety. Okay. No spice. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I guess I guess that kind of fits with the whole BT vibe that you're going with, so you know. If people don't know, Mike looks uh, is the spitting image for the character of BT from the uh, Hunger Games series. So Or most recently you can find me in my work on HBO's Westworld as a uh, Picard. <laughs> it was it was quite the challenge, that role, being told to stop and go. It was fantastic. My stand-in, Jeffrey Wright, did a fantastic job. There you go. Well, see, you've got like this awesome sci-fi pedigree going because you are the spitting image of a actor, but you have the name Mike Nelson, so you can go two ways with it. That's very true, and I still have yet to see Mystery Science Theater on Netflix yet. 
Oh, okay. But have you seen Mystery Science Theater before? Oh, God, yes. Okay, all right. It got me into my love of commentary for movies. <laughs> okay, all right. There you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure about that. <laughs> Nerd cred achieved. All right. Well, uh, next up is someone that you haven't heard since we talked about apocalyptic teenage dreams. And that is my lovely wife, Miss Beth. How are you doing, Beth? I am sewing madly right next to you, but I'm doing well. Hi. (laughs) That's good. And I see that you're sewing away. What are you making? I am making a musical version of Super Sailor Moon, and it is driving me crazy. And when you mean a musical version of Super Sailor Moon, what does that actually mean? That means there are Sailor Moon musicals in Japan, and if you like musicals, you'll love it. If you don't like, well, you don't like musicals, so you hate it. (laughs) But it's like, it's like a Sailor Moon costume, but with like so much bling that you might go blind. But if you like bling, it's like, oh. Yeah, Mr. T has nothing on these girls. Yes. Yeah. So, and uh, and so, how have you been doing in the past? I don't know, four or five months since you've been on. <laughs> I am pale as a vampire. I have hardly seen the light of day. I've been locked in the basement making these costumes. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much been my life story right now. So, all all the costume work. Hmm. <laughs> and, and where can people find your work, Beth? I have an Etsy store called Mrs. Whiskers Studios. That's two S's in a row because I wasn't thinking very clearly. That's on Etsy and also on Facebook by the same name, Mrs. Whiskers Studios. Yeah, because Fuzzy Lovies was just too easy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Fuzzy Lovies was just the children's items, and I started doing a whole lot more than children's items, and that was also a complete lack of foresight. I don't do a lot of thinking ahead, clearly. <laughs> That's what I have you for. Okay. Well, it's good to have you back. Good to be here. <laughs> Not that she doesn't, you know, overhear me editing constantly. Oh, all and, the time. Yeah. I hear you laughing from across the house. I'm like, oh, God, what is he doing now? <laughs> all right. Well, and next up, we have someone new to the podcast. Uh, that is someone that I've known for a few years now. We met at a friend's party, and we just started talking about comics and movies and stuff and all of a sudden it was like three hours later and he lives uh i don't know about 90 minutes away from us but uh, we still try to hang out as often as possible and that's my friend eric how are you doing eric i can't complain that's good i i find that i can always complain if i really try (laughs) right but who's gonna listen yeah that's that's a good point So, Eric, since this is your first time on the podcast, why don't you tell all the Legion of uh, listeners back home uh, a little bit about yourself? You mean all ten of them? Right! Working on it! Hey, hey, we've got listeners in Sweden, Germany, and New Zealand. (laughs) Well, congratulations on that. (laughs) Hi, everybody! Guten Tag! Uh, Yeah, guten Tag. <laughs> so uh, yeah, why don't you just say a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, there's really not a whole lot to say. I you know, just my interests are on the gambit, like a little bit of everything. I'm highly opinionated on certain topics, and I like sharing information. And your dinotherms have to be connected, right? Oh, always. Yeah. And you can't forget the mega thrusters. That's right. <laughs> oh, it's good to have you on, Eric. Glad to be here. All right. Now it's time for another five questions. 
And so for those of you who don't know what five questions is, that is uh, my little icebreaker way of just kind of loosening us up with five random questions picked by a random number generator that can only have two possible answers. So it makes people pick a side and uh, allows you to know a little something about us and allows us to just kind of talk about some random stuff before we dive into the topic. So for this one, let's go Eric, since he's new, then Eric, Mike, and then Beth. Sounds good. Okay. First question. Better 80s cartoon, Thundercats or Silverhawks? Oh, come on, man. That Like, that's personal. For <laughs> <laughs> shame. Does that hit you where you live? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Silverhawks on that one. Okay. Mike? Oh my god. You're a horrible man. I remember you did this you did this last time on Gotham. Oh. <laughs> I didn't do Thundercats or Silverhawks, did I? No, it was still a it was still a struggle. Oh, okay, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh I'm gonna have to go with Silverhawks. Okay. Beth? I was threatening you with this before, that you keep giving me these like the five questions thing and I can only answer like two and a half of them. But you you've seen Silverhawks, I know that. <laughs> yes, but I haven't seen Thundercats, so of course I have to go with Silverhawks. Okay. <laughs> partly metal, partly machine. And all awesome. Right. I also see this is interesting to me because I thought for sure I'd be the lone Silverhawks. Uh, for me it is definitely Silverhawks. Even I though love... you have a Thundercat shirt. Yeah, well, that's because I never saw Silverhawk shirt. Fair enough. I like Thundercats, Wait, where, okay. Where's that apparel? Uh, it was, well, I bought it like 15 years ago, but it, I got it at Hot Topic. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I just like the, the sci-fi bent of Silverhawks better than Thundercats, and they're both a sh- kind of a struggle to watch now. Are you kidding me? Those life lessons from Bluegrass are the best. Well, and the fact that Melodia has a guitar definitely, like, bumps it up a little bit, because... Everything's better with the guitar. I'm all about the guitar. So, <laughs> all right. And it's got an actual astronomy section at the end where they actually teach the kids something. Right. No, I, I, I and I'm well was, aware. And we showed it to our daughter a couple of years ago, and she was actually learning stuff through it. So that was really cool. And I, and I got to be like, oh, I know the answer. But I can't say anything. The sad thing is, you say a couple of years ago, but it was probably more like five years ago at this point. Hush. <laughs> <laughs> Don't damage my psyche. <laughs> All, right. All right, the next one's a fun one. Better time you saw this story, Avatar or Fern Gully? It's literally the same story. I know. Which was the better oh, one? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, Fern Gully by far. Okay. Mike. Fern Gully. I still. I, I now have feels going through me right now. Yeah, I need a moment. <laughs> Beth? Why is this even a question? Of course it's Fern Gully. <laughs> because I still know people to this day who are like, Avatar is one of the greatest movies of all time. So Visually? Yeah. Well, well, those people it's don't It's been matter. made so many times. <laughs> I, know. I know. And yeah, for me, it's Fern Gully. Fern Gully was a movie, I think it came out, I was a teenager. I, I think it was yeah, uh, an early teenager, like 13 or 14. And I was mostly out of the sort of Disney-ish, you know, I I wasn't really watching Disney movies or anything. And Fern Gully, I looked at the commercials, I was like, this is still in sort of like the Disney bent, even though it's not a Disney movie. I saw that movie and I was like, my goodness, that's a way better movie than I thought it was going to be. Like Mike was saying, you get the feels watching that movie. It's, uh, it's really good. Best villain. 
the yeah. best villain of all. Yeah, yeah, I saw that movie and I went through this phase where I, I painted my room green and I was writing like the present to save the rainforest. Mm -hmm. Of course, he has no control over that. Of course, you know, but <laughs> I, I went over the deep end and like this whole hippie craze. <laughs> that was a life changing experience. A phase, honey. Oh, stop. <laughs> I got better a little bit. <laughs> okay. And hey, Robin Williams. That's right, Robin, Robin Williams, Williams and Tim Curry. I mean, you can't go wrong with those two voice actors in a movie. I love that bat. All right, wow, this is like the most agreement ever on a five questions. We're only two questions in. I love you guys. All right. <laughs> better science fiction franchise, Star Trek or Star Wars? Now you're going to start fights. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> Purely from the science fiction standpoint, I'm going to have to go with Star Trek. Star Trek. I think Eric read too much into the question, but fair enough. Beth, which do you like better, honey? <laughs> I like Star Wars better. Yeah, that's okay. I like Star Wars better. But then Star, but DS9 is awesome. That's so true. It's like, that's true. It, it is kind of like an apples and oranges sort of thing because one is fantasy and one is mo is more like the sci-fi. So it's uh, it's hard to compare the two. But 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 Star Wars is more enjoyable in general. Yeah, I I did I I. I rewatched Star Wars a whole bunch as a kid, and I the hardly, I hardly watched Star Trek as a kid. But then you started me DS9, I was like, oh. You have to factor in the low points of the series too. I mean, you have the prequels for Star Wars, but you have sorry, all of prequels? the, uh, but Did you have happen? all of the odd number Star Trek movies. Well, and you have Enterprise for Star Trek, so that brings the average way down. So barely. Yeah, and the holodeck <laughs> is trying to kill everybody. Don't take your life in the. Don't risk Only your life sometimes. like that. <laughs> No, I just wanted to start a rumble like in fanboys. <laughs> I'm William Shatner. I can score anything. No, I'm talking about the way it's like they're they're going to like start a fight with the Star Trek fans at like Kirk's <laughs> Kirk's birthplace where there's like a monument to where Kirk will be born one day. Yeah. But anyway. We saw that movie with we got it from Blockbuster and when it was over I was like, Nathan, you gotta buy this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that for anything else. <laughs> Alright. Fourth question. Greater Nintendo franchise, Mario or Link? I am going to assume you mean Zelda, which I am. Burn. <laughs> Get him, Eric. Get him. Hey, Link's name is in some of them. Link in, to the past. In one of them, but even that game is The Legend of Zelda, The Adventures of Link. Burn. Well, Adventures of Link and Link to the Past both have his name, but okay. Grab a napkin, hope it's got served. <laughs> Uh, yes, without a doubt, the Legend of Zelda franchise is way better than Mario. Okay. Zelda. Zelda, because I can actually beat that game. <laughs> now tell, You're the, here. tell the story, honey. <laughs> okay, so I wasn't allowed to play video games as a child. I, I did eventually buy a Game Boy and Tetris, and all of a sudden, after that point, the allowance mysteriously disappeared. So, um, when I was able to play video games as I got older, I would play Mario, and to this day I still cannot sing the whole song because I kept dying. I cannot do very well with Mario. <laughs> like, at all. I have defeated the first Zelda game. It took me about, I think, eight months to defeat both versions of it. <laughs> but I did it. You did. You got the Master Quest too. Yes. Yep. Props? Nice. Yay. 
Yep, yep. She. But Mario, uh, I can't even sing the darn song. She watched me beat it, and then she was like, "I want to try it." And like, so, yeah, so she did. It was it was like eight months or something like that. But you did. You got through both quests. So, I, I'm proud of you. Yay. Because yeah, and watching her play Super Mario, it's 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 like the whole thing where the person moves the controller, thinking it's gonna move <laughs> the character. You know, like she and pulls I hide back. From the mushrooms, they scare me. And and yeah, like. She can get up to World 1-2 sometimes, but that's as far as she gets, so... You can set a drinking game to it. I'm serious. <laughs> so her joke is she, she's never heard the full theme because it always ends up in... I can't do it. Uh... May I brag for a second? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, I've recently actually just went through Zelda 1 with no sword. All the Ooh. way up to Ganon's room without any of the blades. I was stoked. That is really impressive. That is any any time I hear swordless quest, three heart challenge, uh, you know, all that stuff. That always is like that's hardcore. I, I I know that I've heard of somebody doing both swordless and three heart and no rings. That is insane in my mind. But you know, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta learn to use bombs really well. <laughs> oh and, and yeah. And not blow yourself up as I was really good at doing <laughs> for a while. <laughs> well, no, the bombs don't hurt you in the first Zelda. Oh, they don't. No. Where did that memory come from? I have no idea. Maybe it was probably Bomberman. Cool Maybe. But um. <laughs> All right, fifth question. Oh, one of the non-geeky ones showed up. Vanilla or chocolate? I'm gonna have to go chocolate. <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> That's right, Mike was just telling us he prefers vanilla. Yeah. Uh, I like chocolate because it is sweet and nummy and everything is better chocolate. I go vanilla. Of course you do. <laughs> that was the most divided question on this thing. We agree everything except for food, so... Right. Yeah. All right, that's another five questions successfully defeated. All right. Well, before we dive into our topic, let's listen to this promo from another fine podcast. My name is Brian Foster. Everything you know is wrong. Got that? Now, the reason that I'm calling is because I have begun to suspect you don't have any ladybugs in your freezer. Hey cuz, Roy here. So about your car. The darkness was never empty. There's this presence in my head. Pretty sure that the book was confiscated by cats. You're damn right we find a lot of bodies when Foster is around. And some people call me the night blogger.
we're back. And our topic for this week is talking about Voltron and primarily the Netflix one. Most of us, I think, are somewhat familiar with the original, but I know, Eric, uh, you are very familiar with the original Voltron, right? Yes, uh, I love that show growing up, and I've, I actually own the, uh, the original Japanese Beast King Go Lion. That is pretty hardcore. <laughs> and Mike, you were telling me that you had some memories of the original show, right? I had some memories. I didn't scour the internet just because I was uh, busy moving. Right. Uh, I didn't scour the internet like I wanted to to uh, get the original, but I remember some of it. No. And Beth can't remember Voltron because it was off the air when she was like two. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I actually remember Voltron pretty well. Um, it was a show that because it was syndicated, we didn't have the only station that played it was one where we had to like align the rabbit ears on top of the TV in just the right way and had to have the furniture positioned right and people standing in the right locations to see it. I had to sacrifice a chicken in the corner. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we actually went through that effort because my brothers and I loved the show and so we would try so most days we were able to watch it but sometimes if the weather was bad or whatever you know all that we saw was you know static on the screen so but i did when uh, it came to dvd get the first dvd set and i have to say that the show has not aged well <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't even get through the first DVD set. I tried. With I, me. I did. I did. I, I. No, this was years ago. This is like eight years ago. Yeah, but uh, I, we were living in Ohio. Yeah, and we. You did show me a couple episodes, so I, 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 I don't even remember a whole lot from Ohio anyway. It was a dark right. time. <laughs> but um, it was interesting to me because I had remembered there had been a different character before the princess and i thought he lasted longer than he did because <laughs> i was thinking i was thinking yeah sven i think he's around for like you know eight or nine episodes and then he dies and the princess takes over it's like two he <laughs> he's, like there, he's there for two episodes <laughs> Then he dies. So, uh, yeah, for people who are watching the Doer series, that's they're, they're calling him Shiro because that was the Japanese name for the character. Um, but, uh, that that was Sven in the old dub of Voltron. So, with, with the worst uh, Swedish accent that you can imagine. Because uh, I think it was one of the other voice actors doubling as Sven because it was going to be such a short part. And so he was, he was very much like this. You know, I talk like a Swedish man, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it was, it was bad. It was, it was so bad. So, anyway. And Eric, didn't you tell me there was like a 3D Voltron or something? Uh, yes. But mid to late 90s, they, it was called Voltron Third Dimension. Okay. And it, it was kind of like when like shows like reboot were popular mm -hmm. and uh it was like that they gave the uh, the voltron team a new set of lions that 
looked absolutely horrible. <laughs> we don't have to talk about that though, because that show was really, really bad. <laughs> I just, I. It sounds like something that I heard about once, but I never saw it. And I, I will in the show notes put a link to that picture of the stealth Voltron that you sent to me, just so that people can see what this thing looked like because it was bad. <laughs> the lions are like ovals with eyes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh man! And and does anyone remember how even with the old Voltron, I think when they ran out of Go Lion episodes, they switched to this other anime and they just slapped the Voltron name on it, and it was like they were like vehicles. There was like an air team and a water team yep. and a land team. That was actually uh, they had three series with the Voltron name. It like they were called Voltron One, Two, and Three. All three of them were taken from completely different shows in Japan, and they were just kind of like slapped together. The Voltron that we're that we are familiar with is uh, Voltron Three, which is the Lion Force. Mm. Voltron One is the Vehicle Team. Oh, what, what was the name of that show? Uh, just like Armored Fleet something. Mm-hmm. Die Die Ruger Armored Fleet Die Ruger. I think was the name of the original show. <laughs> okay. And like the third one was Light Speed Electric. I don't even remember because it didn't even come to America. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, it, it was three completely different shows that they all slapped the name Voltron on in order to sell toys. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the same thing they did with Robotech, which was three completely different shows that they tried to merge together. And that they even tried to make it a common storyline and didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> but, I'm still confused by that movie. <laughs> yeah, Robotech is, yeah, the less said about that, the better. Anyway, (laughs) I like the actual animes. I like the animes. If you watch them in Japanese and and get the original storylines, I like Macross. I like Genesis Climber Mospita. Southern Cross, eh. But I I like the animes. Uh, But yeah, Robotech, I just, no. Well, it has Minmei, and that already makes it. (laughs) Probably. Beth doesn't know Minmay yet. We're going to get through all the Gundams first, and then I'm going to show her Macross. So. <laughs> we As long as you go into it knowing that Minmay is the most horrible person to ever exist in any horrible! form of fiction, yeah. Yeah. you'll be okay. Yeah. Worse than Asuka? Yes. Worse. Oh, wow! Yeah. 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 It's... It, 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 it's... It's... Every woman I knew before I met you, like, amalgamated into a single person. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna save that marriage. <laughs> You're speaking so highly of me right now. <laughs> I, I mean, like, if you took Dolores Umbridge out of the Harry Potter universe and distilled her to a tiny, hateful form, and then multiplied that by like six, then well, you, you get you gonna amalgamate her with like a pop singer. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, it's. I it's, can't wait. Yeah, she's. Oh, <laughs> God, the most using, manipulative, like, just. Mm, no. Anyway. All right. Anyway, the, we're getting way off topic. So let's talk about Voltron Legendary Defender, which is the new Netflix series. I was not ever expecting to see anything new with the name Voltron on it. I mean, did you guys ever think I'm going to watch a new Voltron someday? No. Which made it even more exciting. Uh, I got to say that. No, it after the third dimension, I figured Voltron was pretty much dead. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, but it was on Netflix, uh, which is one of the things that kind of excited me because... Animated by Dreamcast. Yeah. Anim- not Dreamcast, DreamWorks. Sorry. Dreamwork- <laughs> Sega <laughs> animated <laughs> with a Dreamcast. No. But... Um, Best show ever. <laughs> so it'll be like an indie hit that, you know, hipsters will talk about how it was the best one. No. Anyway... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so I just, just thoughts, I guess. I mean, let's, uh, let's go, uh, Mike and then Beth and then Eric. We'll, we'll let, we'll let Eric go last because he's the elder statesman of Voltron here. Uh, Teach us, senpai. What what were your initial thoughts of the show? It, first season came out and I was, of course, excited. I saw the trailer for it and seeing that it was going to be a mixture, a little bit of a mixture of CGI. Mm-hmm. I was kind of standoffish because I'm not a fan of that of CGI animation brought together. Preach. It's been it's, it's been horribly done before, and that's why I was like, oh my god, I'm just not sure I'm going to like this. But sure enough, like I completely forgot about it while I was watching it, and mm-hmm. I I loved it. I really did. I watched it three times. Binged it three times. Well, I work at a boring job too, so it allowed me to do it. <laughs> so, but, but I mean, as soon as I was done, I, I finished it this first day, and I'm like, "Let's go again." <laughs> finished. I now I slowed down. I finished it in the week. I'm like, "All right, Mike, one more time, spin it again." <laughs> and really was it was because of uh, Corin, because of Reese Darby. He, it's really all because of him. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's interesting. <laughs> All right, so Beth, what did what were your initial thoughts? I ah, oh, it it brought on so many feels just just as I was going because every episode brought on something new and uh, having practically no experience with Voltron on its own, uh, I, I got to watch it as just as a, as a, just someone fresh, and so the characters were compelling. I especially love Pidge. And um, eventually, Alora, I, I, I started to hate her really in season two, but she turned it around at the very last minute. But <laughs> you, you started, you start to see like where she was coming from, and you, you see why she feels the way she does, but you still hate her for it. But you know those kinds of things. It's all about the characters and, and why they do the things they do, and how they get out of these tight situations, and they always have each other's backs. And I really like that. Eric, on my initial watching of it. I tried to not bring any knowledge from the previous series. I wanted to watch it fresh. Mm-hmm. But I found some things that they changed to be like a little irksome. But then like I started watching it more, and I got into it, and I started not minding the changes as much. And at the end of it, I think it stands well on its own. Oh, yeah. I mean, you definitely don't need to have seen the 80s series to uh, appreciate the new Voltron at all. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I really liked it. I was impressed by how much they were able to stay true to the original while also, you know, progressing things onwards. I don't know if this is one of the things that irked you, Eric, but I I still have real problems with their Dynatherms not connecting and, uh, you know, no no interlocks and, you know. (laughs) They did get it in there. They did get it in there. Uh, Yeah, as a joke by um, Lance. By uh, Corrin. Yeah, Corrin did it. Well, there was that scene where Lance was like, I'll form the head, and, you know, that's what you'll say, Shiro, you know, and stuff like that, so, you uh, know. Yeah, that's true. But, like, that is one thing that they kept from the original series, though. Lance is an idiot. 
Right. And, and you will forever be Best an idiot. Best character. And- <laughs> Actually, actually, what I've been surprised by is, is that Corin is such an idiot in this version. I I don't really care for him at all. He's the only character I don't care for. I like everybody else. He's become the comic relief. Uh, yeah, and they've made him way too goofy. Uh, like, do we want to get into spoilers? Or should we leave those out? Well, just let me let me let me finish my spiel because I did get kind of off track there. So I do feel like because the transformation sequence for Voltron is long enough, they could have the voiceover. I know that that's like kind of like old school and whatever, but I just feel like if they just had them like saying something, it would it would be nice. And you know, they also seem to not appreciate the fact that the blazing sword should defeat everything. That should be the finishing move. <laughs> Well, then why wouldn't they just do it automatically? It's, it's, right? That's what they should do. I'm always like, Blazing Sword, why are you trying this other crap? But anyway, uh, they just want to make it harder. Here. They just want to make it harder in this show. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking about the Blazing Sword one. But I do. I would actually like a voiceover when they transform. I, I would like them. It doesn't have to be the same thing, but to say something. But yeah, no, I mean, the character's all very interesting. You know, the plot line is compelling, which again, being true to the general idea of what the original was, but taking it so much further and fleshing things out so much more. And the character who they announced was coming at the end of season two was the character I've been yelling for since day one is where is this character? Yeah, he's Squeed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm happy that they're staying true to that as well. But anyway, um, so yeah, now I think we should go into spoilers because I just danced around stuff. So Eric, what were you going to say originally? Well, like one of the biggest changes that I approved of was they took the character Pidge mm-hmm. and made her female. Yep. You know, oh, absolutely. Like in the original, it was kind of ambivalent what it could be or mm-hmm. what or what the gender could be because it didn't really matter. Right. But they like they took a firm step forward and and made Pidge female. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, two females on Team Voltron. But then when they took Allura and didn't give her a lion, I was like, well, why are you? You know, like you took a step forward by bringing another female onto the team but then a step back by removing a female. And also, you know, knowing what we know of our good friend Sven, uh, (laughs) I I was waiting for Shiro to bite it every episode. Yep. Another thing that I really like is they actually gave the Lions personalities in this new series. In the old series, they, they kind of alluded to the fact that the Lions had feelings and, you know, were working with their pilots, but they actually felt alive in this new series like they were actually characters instead of tools well and i like the fact that before even though they were clearly based on the five chinese elements other than the fact that that's where they rested until they were used it didn't really come into play but here the lines all have power sets that actually utilize the different elements that they're supposed to represent and i like that as well because it diversifies them a lot more Although I do think that Pidge having, like, the plant-growing gun is, like, the most ridiculous power ever. (laughs) It's a bit weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, that aside, I do like... uh, I I, I totally agree. It weirded me out at first. And I would like to go on record saying that Blue Lion is way too good for Lance. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
you know, weirded me out at first, the sort of quasi-mystical nature that they put on the lions. And I think it creates a problem now with Shiro gone, although you notice, unless he dies Jedi style, there are no clothes or anything in there. So, you know, he he's probably alive somewhere. I don't think he's really dead, but he's probably going to be gone for the whole next season. But the problem is, unless they give the princess the black lion, everybody's going to play musical chairs. You know, like, if they give her the blue lion, like in the original cartoon, then Lance has to move, and then, you know, Keith probably should be the head, so Keith's got to move. You know, you get what I'm saying? It's going to... Because she was like, weird. Keith, you got to yeah. be the leader if I'm ever gone. Right. And now it's, right. like, and the princess is just going to step on his toes, if that's the case. Right, and that kind of, like, steps on that whole idea of each lion bonds with its user if they have to do that, because yeah. right. now they right. all have to bond with new lions. Keith had that whole episode where he bonded with Red Lion. Mm. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like that renders that all m- m- moot. Right. Unless, yeah. you know, well, we'll, f- we'll find out what happens. And right. I thought it was always so cool that Red Lion was like, oh, my man's in trouble. Bye. And he just <laughs> ran off to go get, to go pick him up. And that was just always, that was always so cool. Cause it it's was very like, cat. <laughs> It's very cat. <laughs> I must go fetch my mouse. Um, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> <laughs> and and can we all take a second and laugh at Lance when he lost his lion because he was trying to pick up chicks? Oh, <laughs> Shatner style. Hey, sharpshooter. Sharpshooter. <laughs> um, sharpshooter. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I love Lance. But um that's stupid. It. <laughs> I think the biggest change, or the change that I think was the best, like the greatest idea, was making Zarkon the former Black Lion Paladin. Oh, that was awesome. That was so cool. I didn't see it coming, but it made it because the whole time I was like, "If Voltron's so powerful, why did King Alfor ever go into hiding? Why didn't they just use Voltron thousands of years ago?" And then it's like, "Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense because they only had four paladins, you know, because one turned traitor. So now it makes sense they couldn't form Voltron, and that's why King Alfor went into hiding. So, and Zarkon's powerful enough to fight Voltron without a lion." And then he ends up in a Gundam at the end? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the same thing! (laughs) Nothing made me more excited, though, than hearing that Prince Lotor is coming into it. Oh my gosh. Because he was always a way better villain than Zarkon was in the original show. Oh yeah. Yeah. But... But like even like more exciting than than uh, Prince Lothar though is uh, learning that the witch was an Altan, mm-hmm. and, oh, and like yeah. I'm really excited to, to to see what they do with that. Yeah, I have a feeling that we're gonna find out that there's been like some ethnic cleansing kind of stuff going on with the Altaians, making them live like Golra and probably intermarrying with Golra to like sort of like get rid of their you know genetic heritage kind of mm-hmm. thing. So. Yeah, no, it's it's very interesting. And Hagar's a lot creepier in this version. She is. Yeah, she, she really she is. She gave me the chills every time she was on the screen. Just like, ugh. A lot less Rita Repulsa-ish. Yeah, because, yeah, she was very... Just kind of bog-standard witch in the old, you know, show. Not not really all that scary for kids, you know. I also kind of like how uh, the Roe Beasts, they gave each of them their own backstory you know it wasn't just like Mm -hmm. a generic monster to fight like this was actually a character before he went through his transformation yeah they did it a couple of times in the old series but you but yeah most of them were generic 
Because I remember one time it was like one of the creatures from the planet they were on got turned into a rogue beast and like it sort of kind of remembered and that like they kind of like made friends with it again and it was like one of those kinds of things where it was struggling against like its impulse to fight them and you know but yeah in general yeah the the, the whole thing there I mean some of them it, it seems to me like they're kind of going almost Evangelion uh, with some of the row beasts, uh, some of them kind of remind me of those kinds of things, uh, which isn't bad, you know. So that's what happened at the end of Ava. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, actually speaking about that, like one of the row beasts definitely reminded me of one of the angels from from there, from mm-hmm. Ava. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did we just steal this character? Right. I've <laughs> <laughs> yeah. seen this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I know as well. Do. Kick him in the face! <laughs> yeah, you might as well steal from, you know, something that's popular, if you're gonna steal. Yeah, that scarred me when I was a kid. <laughs> I like my giant robots. That was too much. That oh. was way too much. So, who is everybody's favorite on the team? You know, I don't think I could pick a favorite. I like the entire hmm. team, save Lance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mike? Uh, we're only talking about the five, right? Because seriously, Corin is my favorite. Okay. Sure, Corin. Oh, that scene when he almost went into the red line. <laughs> oh my god! He's all dressed up in like a cape, Sentai style. He's like, "Okay, I'm gonna do this." And red line's like, "I'm out." Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I find him funny, but then like the one where it's like he's sweating profusely and like he's slippery. That was the best. Oh god! All right, yeah. I, I that whole episode, I was just like, "This is I don't even know what I'm watching like, anymore." We need to shine these balls more. <laughs> Wait, I know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> skates around. Right. I'll move them with my armpits. Of of the five, who are your who's your favorite, Mike? Uh, out of the five, it oh crap! I, now all of a sudden his name just <laughs> escaped me for some reason. Uh, Hunk. Hunk. Okay. Oh yes. <laughs> one one because he is voiced by Tyler Labine, who is hilarious, okay. and I I always connected with Hunk because I was a fat kid. Yeah, I like to eat too. <laughs> and I like that Hunk had like almost a love interest. Almost. I say right. very yeah. almost. Right. It was it was nice for Hunk. So yeah, Hunk is my favorite out of the five. <laughs> All right. Well, I can't wait to see where that storyline where the restaurant owner like is going to like search for Hunk. Oh I love that. Goes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get him back. <laughs> Also, you notice how everybody else has, like, a fairly sensible weapon. Right. And then Hunk just has this huge Gatling cannon. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right, Beth. So I already mentioned Pidge. Oh, but I, al- I also love Hunk. The very first episode, I was like, oh, this guy is hilarious. But um, I-, I liked Pidge because of the-, the things that she overcame to get where she is. And I also liked the team's reaction to when she revealed that she's a girl. And after that moment, they just moved on from it. And I thought the show did a very tactful way of, of just moving on. It's like, okay, you're a girl. Let's get going. It's, they didn't make a, like a big deal out of it. It wasn't a fuss. They just moved on. I'm surprised. Except he- for Lance, who is an idiot. <laughs> well, yeah, but after, after the initial shock, he was like, uh, okay. I'm surprised you didn't mention the mice. <laughs> They're not one of the five. <laughs> I like mice. Ergo, Mrs. Whiskers. I am still hoping that the mice build a mouse Voltron like they did in the original show. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm waiting for. 
because that'll be so epic and awesome when it happens. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is so cute. Yeah, Lance is my favorite because you know, or all sharp sharpshooter. Um, <laughs> because yeah. I like characters that you know they believe in themselves regardless of what reality tells them. <laughs> <laughs> I always think that's fun, and so I, I think Lance is a lot of fun, but really, though, the dynamic is so great with all of them. You know, I like each character. I mean, Shiro's probably the most boring in and of himself, but there's great interaction between all five characters. You know, they all kind of, like, work well together in a different way. Like, you have, like, Lance and Hunk in an episode. But then you can also have Lance and Keith, you can have Hunk and Keith, you can have, you know, uh, Shiro and Keith, you could have uh, Hunk and Pidge, Lance and Pidge, you know, they all, you know, kind of uh, play off of each other in ways that make it fun when they kind of shuffle the characters around and do something different with them. And, like, the series doesn't overtly talk about the characters' ages, mm-hmm. but, I mean, Shiro is obviously older than the rest of the team because he's actually a full-fledged whatever they're going to school for. Right. Whereas everybody else is still in their college or whatever it is. Oh, God, do you guys remember, like, the opening scene where it looks like they're actually on a real mission? You know, Pidge, Lance, and Hunker on, like, a real mission. It turns out they're just in the simulator. But, like, Hunt's barfing everywhere, <laughs> and they're, like, crashing, and, that, and you know, is that, yeah. that is quite the overused trope, but, yeah. That was great. You know, the funny thing is, I completely forgot about Keith's, like, glowy sword dagger thing in, after the first season. And when it came up in the second season, I was like, did he have that before? What is that? It was never yeah. really glowing. It was it was on the back of his belt in the very first episode. And I know this because I, I recently rewatched this with our, our daughters, and I was looking for these things because mm. of what happened in season two. And I was like, oh, it's right there in his belt. And it was always a subtle thing. And there were other things I noticed of, of like him just putting his hand on one of the consoles, the Agara console thing, and it just functioned for him. I was like, oh, they were advertising this all along, and we didn't even notice. And that's one of the real pleasures about this show, is beyond the characters, it's clear that they actually are planning the story out ahead of time, instead of just telling, you know, a random adventure of the week kind of thing. It's okay, Beth, you don't need to come up with excuses for why you were staring at the back of Keith's uniform. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was looking for his other bolt, okay? <laughs> I like looking at Keith's blade. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> Remember, I have scissors over here. Yeah, that's true. But um, And Keith being part Gora is actually an interesting development, too. And, you know, uh, shows don't often show their especially cartoons don't usually like to have their main characters with flaws but to beth's point allura and her sort of racism against keith oh that was no there was no sort of about all of a sudden she just hated him she couldn't she didn't talk to him she wouldn't even look at him right and yeah i mean it was it was interesting though for them to develop that although i did think it was a little crazy just because of how much he had already done before she found if he had just met her and she are in she knew he was part gora it would have made a lot more sense but well how would you feel if you like woke up one day and your best friend was a cylon <gasps> toaster <laughs> Ooh, this got real yeah <laughs> kill this toaster no <laughs> i don't know 
I'm not a toaster. If, it would be different if the person had purposefully lied to me, but if they were just finding out themselves, you know, that's to me it's kind of like, eh. But I did like that they kind of at least tried to develop that, you know, this is a real thing, you know, that people can have these sort of racist feelings and, you know, whatnot. So I, I, I'm kind of of mixed emotions about it. Beth is firmly in the I hated this <laughs> category. No, I, I hated Alora's reaction. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought it was just, I, I, I think she possesses enough logic to override that and see that Keith has proven himself a million times and does not deserve to be treated that way. Yeah, but they had to give Allura something besides just being the team's teleporter. That's true. Oh, they gave her plenty at the last episode. That was so amazing. Her her battle with the witch. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Let's get it on. Yes. She laid the <laughs> smack down. But all these expendable characters that come with you, they could all die. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, who who mentioned that it was a Gundam fight at the end? I did. Yeah, yeah, Eric. <laughs> that's 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 kind of true though. Uh, he had the Epion Whippy Sword thing. That's true. He did. I mean, it definitely gave it gave more story to uh, to Zarkon as well because like even I was trying to figure out like how the hell is he finding them when they're teleporting over and over again? He's like, oh, he has a connection with the Black Line. <gasps> You cheater! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a little too easy though. That like, because I thought that it was going to be like something that they had to keep on doing. Like Keith or uh, Shira was going to constantly have to fight him. It was like, no, nope, there's just like one confrontation, like mental confrontation, and then it's all of a sudden like it, it, it's over, pretty much. It's Shiro's lion, you know. Yeah. Except for having the the weapon thingy. Right. Yeah, that was the one thing, and you know that was kind of shenanigans how they got it back. But oh well. All of a sudden, <laughs> Voltron gets the Lighthawk wings, and you know. <laughs> I expected Tenchi to show up at any second. <laughs> well, that would have only been if Voltron was made out of wood. Right. <laughs> Which, thanks to Pidge, is, poss- is probably yeah. possible. Yeah. <laughs> if if only uh, Voltron had been made by Genion instead of uh, DreamWorks, uh, it would have had, you know, Lighthawk wings and Tenchi would have been there. But mm. anyway. Missed opportunities. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, but like looking at Voltron itself, you know, like when they, f- uh, like like when they first revealed how Voltron looked, like I was mm-hmm. kind of apprehensive. As, you know, the original look is classic, and Stealth Voltron sucks. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> I don't like the mix of animation and CG, like Mike mentioned. But they're definitely improving because I saw a little bit of season one when Beth was rewatching it, and I was like, "Whoa, that looks way worse than season two. Um, so uh, they're definitely making it more seamless as they go. But uh, the overall design, I'm okay with. It warmed up. I warmed up to it more, more and more that I saw it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he didn't really use his flaming sword a lot, right? Did he? No, but I, I like that. I do like that Voltron has a lot of different weapons now. Same, same, same here. You know, because huh, merchandise. Right. So, well, yeah. <laughs> that's the real reason for Big it. But at least, but at least in the show, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't just want a sword. You know, you'd want all kinds of different things for different situations. So, and, and speaking like, of the merchandising, my cousin actually has all five of the lions, oh. and and he built it. 
in front of me. I'm like, man, that's a huge little thing. And apparently, the lions are all sold separate. Uh, yes, they are. <laughs> of course they are. Yeah, it's like the old Transformer scheme of having five robots that merge together. You gotta buy all five. Mm-hmm. And your Dinobots. They are more, we still they can't are find Grimlock. And, the, and each lion is individually articulate, too. It's not like the they original are. toy, mm-hmm. where... Where, like, the only real toy you got was the Black Lion, and everything else was just kind of attached to it. Mm. I never had the original Voltron toy, so I'll just take well, your word for it. I'll hit missed. <laughs> I know. My parents weren't rich either, but I've seen it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I had it. I don't know where it is now. It's probably lost in these sands of time. Although, like, we were talking about the different weapons that Voltron can have. And, like, it, like is there a rule that says that he can't use more than one at a time? I'm I mean, like, why can't he have true. the sword and the cannon? Because it seems like whenever somebody else activates their special weapon, the old one disappears. So I'm guessing it only has the energy to manifest one at a time. Hacks. Yeah. Hacks. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm guessing the black one, the black one can manifest wings or that chain sickle thing. Now they've got the Bayard back, so... Uh, well, I think he can, like, do any weapon, really, because when, when they showed, um... Man, I'm forgetting everyone's name right now. The bad guy, when he had... Zarkon. The, Zarkon. When Zarkon had it, he, he was doing, like, every form of weapon you can imagine, or that he could imagine. So it was like a multi-tool. Yeah, so like, I, they I explained think... that the Bayard takes the form that the user is most comfortable with, and if he's comfortable with multiple weapons, I guess that explains why he has different things that he can do. Oh, okay, I see. I misremembered that then. I okay. thought it was each Bayard was, like, tuned to the lion, but I, I thought it was, like, a single, like, like one that turns into a sword is always a sword, you know, whether whoever's the red paladin gets a sword, and whoever's, whichever paladin gets whatever weapon, but... So, in other words, whoever trained Honk to fire big honking guns, kudos to you! Right! <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> Check out good! Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, Hunk and his obsession with food is one of the most delightful parts of that show. Especially since they don't have, like, any actual food, just that goop stuff. (laughs) And he keeps trying to do stuff with it. (laughs) Oh, man. And he made the glass. There was supposed to be cookies. (laughs) That was the sweaty episode with corn, too. I know. My boy's a chef. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that was too funny. And I, lo- I love the one in the mall. That the was mall like was one of so the good. best episodes. <laughs> the mall cop. Right. <laughs> what was his, what was that, what was the cop's name? Oh, I don't remember. It was something so oddball. Like, it was like a playoff of Zarkon or something. Because he thought he was like, he was the biggest and baddest of the mall cops. He was in charge of this place. Right. And, uh, and they find the store that's selling stuff from Earth and they get like the cow thing. Wouldn't you? Free. Yeah. Who would Who wouldn't? <laughs> and they brought uh, the game on the ship and they're like, we can't play this. Ah! I, uh, apparently, according to Google, his name was Farcon Blart. Yes! Oh. <laughs> Some Paul Blart mall cop. <laughs> oh, God. But it's yeah. Farcon, which is like Zarkon. Right. Farcon. Yeah, Farcon. <laughs> I think the best, my one, my actually, is, it has to be my favorite uh, hunk moment was Hunk and Keith going to into that giant, that uh, giant worm. <laughs> the tape that like had all the parts missing that were important (laughs) 
Remember, don't ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Corey! Like, kids... Wait, wait, go back, go back! <laughs> and kids today will have absolutely no idea what that's all about. But back in the day, kids, there were these things called tapes, and they could have whole sections that were messed up, but you could keep watching them, unlike a DVD, where usually if it's messed up, it's just messed up. But you could you could watch it, and then like it would be screwed up for a while, then it would go better. And so, but I do think that's funny that this advanced civilization uses tapes. That's that's how corn rolls. Yeah, that's how corn rolls. Uh, and, and remember, and remember, it, it's not. And I, I can't even call it an advanced civilization anymore because they've been asleep for like what five thousand years. I think they said ten thousand. Like ten thousand years. So it's like VHS is back in the, at, at ten thousand years. It's like <laughs> top notch. <laughs> Hey man, yeah, every space you ever wonder where Betamax went? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole 10,000 year thing, that was something that threw me for a loop for a while, because they showed that, like, Zarkon can, like, harness the... I forget what they call it. We'll just call it mana for now. But they can, like, harness the mana from a whole planet. Quintessence. Quintessence, thank you. And, I can remember Quintessence, but not Zarkon! And so it's like, that's how he's <laughs> been alive for all these thousands of years, and I was worried for a long time that they weren't even going to have Lotor. Because I'm like, if you're immortal, why do you need a kid? You know, because usually people have kids to be like... Because sex. Well, yeah. Thank you, Beth. I mean... (laughs) I know, but you don't deliberately set out to have a kid necessarily, unless you just want to, I guess. But usually the idea is you're trying to perpetuate yourself. So Sex. Okay. No. It could have been an accident. And the fact is, Lotor always struck me as being a half, because he doesn't look like other Agora. And the original show, I mean, like, he's lighter skinned, his face looks more Altaian, you know, so... Zarkon just had a bad night, I think. I, I'm wondering if in this version, Lotor is going to be like an Altaian Gora half-breed, because... I, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because that would explain why he looks so different than the other Gora. Because we're all about mixing races in this show. That's right. Gora just seemed to be very indiscriminate. Yeah. Well, I don't know, I mean, Keith... And then that was and, this Prince guy. Then who? The, the prince guy that you're talking about. Oh, well, yeah, well, okay. Two two characters, potentially. We don't even know if they're doing that. It's just my speculation, so... I don't know <laughs> if they're very indiscriminate. Ooh. <laughs> what happens if they're brothers? Oh! my god, please, I do not want to have ownership of that bombshell at all. If that happens. <laughs> yeah. Please, Aaron, do not come hunt me down. Well, what I find strange is that Keith's goal parent has to be his mom. And it's like, that means she had to have been on Earth for a long time, you know, long enough to be able to carry a baby to term, you know, and have the baby. I don't know. It just seems, I, it'll be interesting to get the full story on that. Well, as far as the, like, the half Altaian part goes, they did mention that the Altaians were, like, the perfect diplomats because they can shapeshift. Yeah, like, that kind of caught me by surprise when they revealed it, but I guess it was cool. I had forgotten about that because it was in the first season. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she did. She turned into the the Gora in that episode. Yeah, and like they mentioned that that's why the Altaians were such good diplomats because they can fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing a half Altaian probably isn't all that big of a deal in that uni- er, in this universe. Yeah, and we know that Hagar is an Altaian in this series. Right. I don't know. I just Gora because they look like kind of 
I don't know, kind of shaggy. It's like blue fur or something, you know, instead of just being skin, because it kind of, you can see it in the face that it kind of like extends a bit. Well, if D&D can have half orcs. Well, I know, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, so like if you're half Gora, you're like like a half orc or something. (laughs) He just got the good genes. (laughs) Way to go, Dad. Now, I want to talk about uh, Pidge's backstory if I don't know if we're going to want to get into it. Yeah, no, that's fine. Because, like Eric said, having Pidge become a female, if my face turned into multiple things, just so many emotions running through me. None of them were anger, by the way. Just the shock and like, what? He, but, uh, I, I can't even process this. So you were Lance, basically. I really was. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, but you're hunks, but, but you're, you're a dude. You're a chick. I, I could, I don't know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> the whole episode just threw me for a lip and I'm like, good job. Good job, producers. Good job. I, I, I applaud this. Yeah, no, I think I think it works really well. It takes absolutely nothing away from the character and, and adds depth that was never there. No. Yeah. Yes. Well, the whole search for the family is completely new also mm-hmm. and, you know, adds to the character. And Beth, didn't you say that Rachel really liked it? Oh, she did, because in the very first episode, Rachel was, she was like, Mommy, they're all boy pilots. And I was just like, just wait for it. Just wait for it. And when we got to that episode, she was like, oh, "Yay! And I really like Pidge because Pidge is the is like the the brainiac, and and she's and our daughter's really really smart, and so she was already identifying with Pidge. And just having Pidge being a girl just we just made it all the more sweet. Hmm. Yeah. I like Pidge. I like how Pidge, like, uh, you know, picks up, like, the techno, like, pet type thing. Rover! Yeah. She was actually asking if Rover was going to stick around. I was like, unfortunately. Like I say, the only thing that ever I didn't like about Pidge was I felt they reached a little too far with the combine with the earth feel the living things because you know you're a girl now so (laughs) in this series so (laughs) you need to be like the you know the nature one you know and it just kind of that doesn't necessarily have to be a girl thing except that's what it ends up being in like every series it's like a girl thing you know and even that after that reveal i completely forgot it was a chick Not, not that I was, not that I just like completely forgot. It was like everything else going on. I just saw her just literally as a character. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, and I get that the green lion is supposed to be the wood element and Chinese, you know, elements. But at the same time, like that that attack where it shoots and then where it shoots like plants grow is I don't know, dumb to me. I would have liked any other way of using that because wood is usually associated with lightning, so some sort of electric attack. Something like that would have been fine, but the plant growing thing, I just am not a fan of. Well, I mean, when even in the original show, Green Lion, where it's like, Green Lion, where are you at? I'm in a tree. Right. <laughs> no, I know, like I say, because that's, yeah, because it, it represents the, the wood element from the Chinese element, so that's yeah. why it was in a tree. But that, that episode where Pidge, you know, found herself and her abilities using the nature and then combine it with technology. I'm like, Ooh, that's very feng shui of you. That's, I like that connection. 
thought that was very, very neat of them. Well, it is nice, again, that the show at least thinks and try. They, you know, the writers are definitely trying to tell a more complicated storyline than you usually get in 30-minute animated series. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I like that they try to rescue the guy, and it's like, oh, no, like, I'm totally, like, in line with the Gora, you know? <laughs> they keep me really happy. <laughs> yeah, Jared, just, like, all right, we gotta go save him. All right, ready? Three, two, go in! I'm like, oh, my God! It's Bachelorette all over again! Ah! <laughs> it's like, me, give me my meat! I need food! Like, oh, it's just a fat ass. Ah, great. (laughs) So are there, we were talking about a lot of episodes, but is there any, like, one episode that sticks out as this one was, like, the pinnacle? I would have to say that what stands out as the best episode from what we've seen so far Mm -hmm. is the season, or the season finale for season one. You know, like, like they clash with Zarkon for the first time, and he just rips Voltron apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he hits him with that beam, or I guess Hagar hit him with the beam that broke the lions apart, and everybody's like, what's going on? And then they need to figure out, and, like, it, it, it's revealed that, that Zarkon is the, the original Black Paladin. And I think that's when the series, like, became, like, certified for me. No. You know, sitting here thinking... I can't really think of just one episode because there's not even an episode that I really have to say I did not enjoy. This is like Pringles. <laughs> yeah. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. <laughs> it really didn't. <laughs> Bet you can't and, have just one. <laughs> right. It really all, and it always comes back to corn for me. It okay. re- he restarby just touches my soul somehow. If it was just the adventures of corn exploring strange malls. Oh my god, give me that. Okay. <laughs> he could just be shopping in the food court. I'm all in. Alright. I'm having the same problem as Mike because I, I can't pick out a single episode. And what what's really impressed me the most about Voltron is is the characters and it's been very character centric and they're mo- they're motivated. The the story's been uh fueled by the characters and the decisions they make. So it's all I, I keep thinking of these character moments instead of, like, the story that goes on in a particular episode. Mm. So I, I'm thinking of, like, when when Keith and... Uh, not Keith. Yeah, Keith. Keith and Shiro were on the planet in the in season two in the very early mm. episodes, and, and, and Shiro was really hurt. Mm. The, the time they spent together after they fought off all those monsters was... I really liked that, because they had, like, a moment where he was like, okay, if, if, if I'm... I'm not going to make it, so you're the new leader. And that carried on through the rest of the season. I also really liked a lot of the interaction between Pidge and Hunk, because mm-hmm. you have Pidge who does, like, the, the engineering design and the coding stuff, and then Hunk does, like, the building. So that they're, like, a very natural, like, theoretical and physical type teamwork thing. And then you have, like, Lance and Keith playing off each other, just, like, at each other's necks, but still somehow working together at the, at the end of it. So... Just a lot of the things like that, just, it works, because just how they all act together. Mm-hmm. I, I probably, if, if Eric hadn't said it, would have gone for the last episode of season one, because to me, it's the same thing. Like, that cemented the show for me. Like, this has gone so much more interesting than the original show ever was, but still felt true to to what the, the basic core nugget of that original show and the characters. But I think, so since that one's taken, I'm going to go with the one where Lance earned the name Sharpshooter. 
because <laughs> that one was hilarious. That one, well, it was <laughs> it was hilarious, and it was also like really well thought out. Just how all the different things came together. They uh-huh. didn't know which of the two prisoners was uh-huh. the scientist, although it was pretty obvious to those of us watching. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, you had to, like, pay off yep. the whole Lance, like, being the sharpshooter thing, and it all just sort of, like, came together at the end with the dog, uh-huh. and <laughs> what is the name of the scientist? I've lost his name. I just call more uh, the annoying centipede dude because I hate him. <laughs> I hate him so. Oh my god, him. that guy! No, <laughs> oh, he sees and every no reality. reality. How much we survive? I am shocked that they got away with that accent because <laughs> you know it's kind of very obviously Indian. <laughs> but and, anyway. mo- yep. and, and mockingly Indian, right? Right, the right. gold, goody, goody, gosh, uh, kind of Indian, but uh, but oh, I like my the- various gods, uh, right? <laughs> I, I I like the character. Uh, I love the whole idea of oh, in this reality, you know, like everything's like oh, I can increase our chance of survival by rumpling the bed in this fashion because in the reality, the bed is like this. <laughs> We have a higher chance of living. Yeah. Man, that was something else right there. <laughs> Why can't we go? I want to go. It's like, can you help us? I mean, he doesn't do anything. It's like, now? Oh, you meant in this reality. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could just see Shiro plotting the w- various ways he could, like, incapacitate him and on the also on the verge of death just to get him out of there but yeah i just thought that that was a really fun episode and it, you, oh. again it's another one where the characters play because that was an unusual groupings because they had keith and hunk go off one way and that's a two that don't usually do stuff together and then they had lance pidge and shiro which is a grouping that you don't normally see either and I liked how they did that as well as that they were playing off the unusual grouping so you got different character dynamics and then there was the episode where Lance tried to kick his Voltron and ended up ruining the day. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to kick. And everybody's like, no. Right. <laughs> I do appreciate that Lance found, found his place in the group. Because really mm-hmm. everyone, I think, knew exactly what they were doing, except for Lance. Well, somebody's got to be the bottom of the totem pole. I'm so used to Keith's place being the leader. So having him be the hothead has been kind of weird to me. Uh, agree, because the first season, I'm like, all right, so when's Shiro going away? Right. I know. And then it became obvious in the second one, in the beginning of the second one, when Shiro's telling Keith, you know, like, Keith, if I die, you know, you got to take over as the head of Voltron. So it's like, okay, this is dead man walking now. I mean, <laughs> it's like, they, they've told us that they're definitely going that route at some point. So, yeah, it didn't surprise me at all. Later. Oh, we're finally here? Are we here yet? Now we have to wait another year. Okay. I was expecting it. I just didn't expect him to fade away Jedi style. You know, I expected <laughs> there to be... I expected there to be, like, you know, some trauma that he, you know, uh, experienced. Either because, like, you know, they were getting hit too hard by Zarkon or whatever. Like, the the G-forces he experienced. Something was going to kill him. And I expected there to be a body. Some to the face. Right. I expected there to be a body, not to be, like... Oh, he's just gone, you know. <laughs> so, like I say, I expect he'll show up again, but hopefully at least they'll give us some time so that they can actually develop the princess as one of the paladins. Yeah. Because that would really suck if it's, like, an episode and then Shiro's back. 
<laughs> and and if they do put the princess in a in a in a in a, a lion, I I I, uh, I hope they don't go straight into oh we can automatically form Voltron because we know how to do this. She's gonna have to learn how to, to be a paladin and how to control her lion. I and Agreed. I I think she needs to have some training. They need to show that again. Yeah, for sure. Were, that is one of the ones I got to when I watched the first season set of the old Voltron DVDs. Is they they did actually did actually have to train even in that show because mm-hmm. yeah she she tried just going out once Sven died and like she did horribly. So no, she needs some training. Yeah, like, didn't her like lion fall off of Voltron in the middle of a fight? <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just whoops. Yeah, I yeah, slipped. it was embarrassing. <laughs> I broke a nail. But all those anime women are clumsy, so, you know, it's yeah, a trope. It's a trope. <laughs> that with her. Now, now, speaking of Allura, I, again, like, there's so many good things that they did in this series that they didn't do in the old one mm-hmm. was to give these characters some substance. The fact that she's a princess. Cool. Really cool. She misses her dad. All right, well, that's normal. Mm-hmm. But she's also this great, powerful witch. I'm like, oh, oh, she has magic, too, then. Okay, well, she's useful now, besides yeah. teleporting sometimes. Right. Yeah, her role in the original series was pretty much just, she's the girl. Yeah, I mean, she was the one for Lotor to lust after. Oh, I can't wait for that now. Oh, I know, I, I bet we're going there, too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, because, I mean, here's the thing. So, if you kind of think about Zarkon as being more, like, neutral evil, and Lotor as more uh, uh, um, lawful evil... You know, you can almost maybe see Lotor trying to do, like, you know, hey, why don't we get married to sort of, you know, heal the rift? You know, stuff like that. You know, maybe trying more diplomacy in his, you know, villainy rather than, you know, just being like, I'm going to blow up Voltron or steal Voltron or whatever, like Zarkon was doing. So it'll be a different... Something tells me he's going to roll a natural one on that, though. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But Lotor, he's a charmer. He is. He is. So what did you guys think of of that uh, Altaian method of preserving people's consciousness after death? Do you think we'll see that again? Uh, I don't know. Who else are we going to... Probably not with Shiro, because there's not really a consciousness to save. Right. (laughs) I don't know, I mean, and it was sad, I mean, I remember in the original series there was, like, the ghost of the king, and I don't right. know if he showed up more than once, but I do know that he showed up at least once. But in this yeah. it was kind of sad with the computer virus, yeah, because she lost what was left of her father. Mm-hmm. You know. yeah, like, and she had to, she had to, to break it. Right. She, you know, like she had her that dad on, on, like, 12 three and a half inch floppies right. <laughs> yeah too bad they don't know how to do backups but uh yeah so uh i don't know i i don't see the need for it but maybe i mean who knows they might stumble on a planet where they've got you know a lot of people preserved or something i mean or they can always interrogate another prisoner because that was smart oh god that works so yeah, well. Let's, last let's time. hook this guy up to our computer systems. Yeah. What God, could go wrong? Thing. Oh. <laughs> hey, Pidge, why don't you put up a firewall or something? <laughs> it was like every horror movie ever, where you're just like, stop! Stop! And then, of course, as all the systems are like screwing up and everything, you're like, people talk to each other! 
you know, somebody believes somebody something as they all get trapped in various horrible scenarios. And it's just, oh, that one was just, I, I have to, that's probably one that just frustrated me more than anything. Most of the episodes I've enjoyed, but that one just seemed like if you had ever seen any kind of like horror movie or something, anything like where technology goes bad, you should know, like, this is just not smart. <laughs> <laughs> don't hook up the bad guy to the network don't upload his brain I mean heck even Michael Bay got this one right with Transformers 3 or 4 4 14. They, they hook up Megatron to the computers <laughs> and it's like oh god yeah anyway so. so I have a, a random character question that just popped into my head because there's this question I've had since season 1 and I don't think that they fully explained it and, and maybe Mike you'll be able to help me out in the very first episode, uh, Keith was racing there to Shiro when, when that pod crash landed on Earth. And it was like he knew that that was going to be there, and he knew that it was going to be Shiro on that ship. And I don't think they really explained how he knew that was going to go down. And and they always showed that, that Keith and Shiro already had this, this closer friendship than any of the other three. Do, do you remember them like explaining how he knew about that pod being there or anything i remember he was investigating that site and to begin with because there were so many there was so much military going on mm-hmm. i thought it was dealing actually with the red lion because there was some connection between keith and the red just prematurely and oh, man i cannot really remember but it what was the, actually it was the blue them. lion that was there right Right, yeah. I, I, like, I remember them saying that Keith had looked up to Shiro for a long time mm-hmm. because Shiro was the pilot on their mission. But outside of that, I don't remember anything specific. So maybe that's something they'll reveal later. I was just wondering if I miss it, missed it because, you know, the first time we watched it together and then the second time, you know, I got the kids there and, you know, they're talking through it. So I, I don't know if I... <laughs> well... Clearly, it's because Keith was part Galra. Yeah. He can use the Force. Mm. Yeah. The quintessence, it speaks to me. No. Yeah. Well, once they, once they threw out the, the quasi-mystical nature of this show, it's like, you can explain just about anything with, you know, they had a vision or whatever. You know, Keith was tapping into the... The Matrix or the Force or whatever. Yeah, I can just imagine him in a bar being like, hey... I have a knife. It turns into a sword. <laughs> it gets longer. Oh, God. Uh, I remember in the first episode when, like, Keith was explaining about how this site was special, and he pulls up this graph with a bar <laughs> line on it, and then it, like, fades from that bar line to the specific mountain range where the lion is. Mm-hmm. And it is like, boy, it's sure lucky that you approached that mountain range from that one specific angle to... <laughs> to <laughs> To line up with the bar graph that you printed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're getting kind of um, to the end of the podcast here. I was wondering if there's anything else that anyone wants to talk about. So, Eric, uh, do you have anything else that you wanted to mention about Voltron? I think we've pretty well covered everything important. I'm eagerly awaiting season three. Yeah. Mike? I think I've covered my love of corn enough in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't think I've even talked about corn very much. I mean, he 
he has his annoying moments, I think, but sometimes I do find him endearing. And that episode where they were going through that time loop where he was like progressively de-aging, I just, oh, I lost my mind. That was just so funny. Everything got smaller, but his hair. Right. His mustache <laughs> remained and, until he was a baby, and then it went on his forehead. He never <laughs> lost the mustache. It was always somewhere on his face. Yeah. <laughs> that, that definitely got weird towards the end. But I still found it oddly enjoyable, which is really strange. He he really was. If Lance wasn't enough comic relief for the team, Corin brought it. Reese Darby just brought it and in, in, in folds, man. Just he had me rolling every time he appeared on screen. He stole the show for me. He really did. Okay, I have to ask you, Mike, because mm-hmm. you keep on saying the name Reese Darby like it means something. So what else has he done? He was in uh Come on, I know. Uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. He was in Yes, ma'am. He was okay. the banker who, opposite of uh, opposite of Jim Carrey, uh, basically he was Jim Carrey's boss. And Reese Darby was also in. Oh man, he's been on At Midnight a couple of times, uh, just because he's a comedian. And I'm really trying to remember anything else he's been in, but I remember re- seeing Reese Darby in. Yes, ma'am. And love okay. I loved him there. He's a nice little New Zealand comedian. He, he's fantastic. Oh, okay. So that's the accent. I thought it was Australian, but that makes sense because New Zealand and Australian, very similar accents. So, oh, I, I hope I didn't offend any New Zealand listeners <laughs> that we might have with that. At least to my horrible uh, American ears, they sound very similar. So, <laughs> No, I thought the same thing, too. He was like, uh, in him and... Uh, the guy who plays Deathstroke, he's from New Zealand as well. Really? Yep. Manu Bennett. Okay. Yep. Well, I guess that makes sense. He was in the Hobbit movies, so, you know. Yeah. He was probably right there when they were filming. You, you're <laughs> an orc. But, anyway. <laughs> Alright, so, Beth, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I think that's all I can think of. Okay. You know how I am when I'm suddenly asked a question. Okay. <laughs> I'll think of it three hours from now and go, Oh! Um. Yeah, I think we've covered everything pretty well. Um, now, uh, what would you recommend this show to somebody else, Beth? Absolutely. Mike? I tell people all the time. Eric? Uh, I, I've recommended it to several people. Yeah, no, and I completely agree with that as well. Um, Netflix, I think, is really knocking it out of the park in general uh, with a lot of their TV shows. With their movies, eh, maybe not so much. I saw the sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and was pretty disappointed. Well, well, that's not next. It's not Netflix's fault that you chose to watch that. Burns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they made it, so <laughs> they shouldn't make things that they don't want people to watch. Like they physically made it, or they produced it. Well, they produced it. Okay. I mean, I don't know how all the ins and outs work, but it was a Netflix original. So. I mean, Marco Polo was fantastic. Just saying. But uh, definitely their TV. I mean, that was a that's a TV show, though, right? A miniseries, or was it? Uh, mo- which one? Marco Polo. Marco Polo was a series, two seasons right. now. All right, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. So, so yeah, TV wise, I think Netflix is knocking it out of the park. Everything that I've seen that they've done is phenomenal, and it's really cool. I think that they're branching out into a lot of different things, and it's not just dramas or action or whatever i mean they're doing animated stuff with voltron they're doing marvel stuff with uh you know daredevil iron fist etc you know they're doing you know even like a chinese movie with crouching tiger hidden dragon they're just trying all kinds of different stuff and so it's kind of neat and i like the fact that you don't have to watch commercials on netflix you know 
Listen, Hulu. Learn. <laughs> Learn from Netflix. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, hate those commercials. Anyway. All right. So uh, I think that's a wrap then for our discussion of Voltron. Eric, why don't you sign off and let people know where they can find you online, if anywhere? Like, I literally have nothing to plug. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. All right, Mike, uh, why don't you uh, sign off and let people know where they can find you? Uh, You guys can find me over on Twitter at ThisIsTrex or over on my website at Trexlight.com. Thank you guys so much. And Beth, why don't you sign off and let people know where they can find you? Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I have an Etsy website, as mentioned before, Mrs. Whiskers Studios. Also on Facebook, same name. All right, well, thank you all for joining me today. Fun. Yay. And that's it for this week's episode of the 42 Cast. I realize that this one came out a little bit late. Uh, Season 3 of Voltron has been out for three weeks at this point. Could even be four weeks. Uh, I had intended for this one to come out just before the new season. I'm hoping that our insights and everything uh, are still relevant, especially since the season was so short and didn't really uh, move the storyline forward too much. But I'm working on making sure that from here on forward, the podcast will be released on a regular schedule. But with that being said, let me say again that I want to hear from you. Let me know what you think of the show. What do you like? What don't you like? Do you have any ideas of topics that we can cover, people that we can interview, anything like that? And you can talk to us in a variety of ways. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another way is to uh, drop a comment on our website, which is 42cast.com. Or you can send us a message on Twitter to at 42cast. You can leave us a comment on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also leave a review on either Stitcher Radio or iTunes. So there's a lot of ways of getting in touch with us, uh, but I'm definitely curious about what you think. So please drop me a line and let me know. But now it's time to close out. I will say to hang around after the song is over because we're putting some outtakes on at the end of this episode. And I think that that will be a lot of fun. Um, We joked around a little bit after talking about Voltron and there were a few funny comments in there. So I thought, hey, since this one was a little short, why not share it? So with all that said, we're wrapping up now. Join us back next week when Finn Jones will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You've been listening to The 42 Cast, copyright 2017. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK. Now for some outtakes. <laughs> <Rawr>! <laughs>
All that right. was a bad line. I'm terrible. Okay, well, I'm going to record the <laughs> outro separately, so that's... And I'll form the head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a leg. <laughs> I can't... <laughs> oh, my God. Did you guys ever see that robot chicken Voltron thing where they did, like, a dance-off and Voltron Hell got... Hell, yeah, I did! <laughs> <laughs> just like Lance, just now. served, 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 served. <laughs> they even did the Voltron vehicle one as well. Oh, jeez. <laughs> they, they, they took all the vehicles, try to combine it. No, no, we did this wrong. And then they had to separate again, retry. No, nope, yeah, there were like 40 it. different vehicles that had to all come together to form that version of Voltron. It was insane. <laughs> right, but like they like like that was the joke that it took so long to put together that the space station that they were defending got destroyed because they spent so much time forming. It's like the Sailor Moon transformation and attack joke. Did did, did either of you guys read the article that I posted in the in the thread on the on the forty two cast page? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, they were like, no vehicle Voltron. <laughs> right. <laughs> there are, like, so many, like, useless characters in that show. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was that's funny. Like the Steel Saints and Saint Seiya. Oh, God. We forgot existed. There's way too... There's just way too many characters in Saint Seiya. Every constellation has a warrior. Oh, God. Uh, if we don't do a Saint Seiya, I'm going to be really upset. No, I need to do... I'm going to do a generic anime podcast first. Because I've started thinking I'm doing way too many, like, specific ones. And then I need to, like... When something's, like, an overall genre, I'll start with that. And then... Because then we can also talk about ones that'll probably never get their own show. Or their own episode. That's Uh, true. But, yeah, Saint Seiya's been... Sailor Moon, DBZ, Saint Seiya, um, Tenchi. You know, all the big animes I'm going to cover at some point. Yeah. Tenchi is life. Yeah, Tenchi is Eric, love. Eric is the biggest Tenchi fan that I know, so <laughs> definitely want to have him little, on the Tenchi. <laughs> little Washu is my favorite, so <laughs> I'm into older women. <laughs> <laughs> Ryoko's my favorite by far. I, 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 and, I, I and don't know how anyone, loves Mahoshi. Yeah, I don't know how anyone can like Ayaka. <sighs> the most shrewish oh. woman in existence. I would rather have Sasami than I, because <laughs> at least then you know she'll grow up to be Tsunami. <laughs> you and before you start, you. and before you start thinking that's creepy, she's seven hundred years old. That's well, yeah, it's in the OVA. Yep, nope. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And besides, you know, that's a lot of good years of her, like, making me food constantly and cleaning everything. And it's like the whole child labor a- aspect of Japanese culture, you know, is a little disturbing. It's like the little kids are basically like servants for the adults. It's like do all the cooking, all the cleaning. Yeah. Like you, t- mentioned, like you mentioned Sailor Moon a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, you ever notice how. Uh, Makoto is the most feminine of the five, yet the least feminine of the five. Yeah. It's an interesting dichotomy. Because she's sporty, but also likes she's to the do the housewifey. She's the only right. one that can clean. Mm-hmm. She, but the, she actually mentions that in one of the episodes that it's something that she's worked at because she knew that being like 
tough and tall and everything that she needed something to make people think of her as feminine so that she actually worked at the cleaning and every or the cooking and everything else to like give herself like a feminine like attribute which is kind of endearing and kind of sad at the same time that she felt the need that she had to do that Yeah, also because she's an orphan and there's no one else to do it for her so And yet she can crush concrete with her hands. Right. <laughs> she can throw her earrings as weapons that slice someone's face. <laughs> well, when in doubt, sure again. That's right. If you got nothing else, yeah. you have. It's like that's yeah, well, hardcore, little tiny earring. <laughs> if, if Tuxedo Mask has taught me anything, <laughs> literally anything can be a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> oh there's so many parody things online you know like he shows up and like I have saved the day and leave and Sailor Moon's like you didn't do anything and he's all like bye <laughs> oh is that Moonsticks <laughs> Moonsticks.net that's like, I it's a comic I, I, I think that was a Moonsticks comic yeah he just he, he usually distracts the enemy one time and then moves mm-hmm. on yeah. And then remind Sailor Moon that she is like literally the most powerful thing in the universe <laughs> at this given point in if time. If she would just stop crying. <laughs> oh yeah. It's just like, oh my god, I can't do anything. Well, you know that you could just like breathe and destroy this thing, right? Like, oh yeah. Kaboosh. <laughs> in one episode they literally do breathe and destroy the thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> they had Korean barbecue. Yeah, that was the a special. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yep. They breathed their Korean barbecue breath on the vampire, and they killed it. <laughs> it was all <Excellent>. garlic. <laughs> right. Oh man. But uh, yeah. Thanks, guys, for coming on. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.